Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lauren. Hey, what's up? How are you? Hi, guys. Sorry, I totally just realized that my mic was still <laughs> was still muted. <laughs> um, just really quick, I am totally loopy right now. I am on all sorts of medications for tonsillitis, so I do apologize if I totally mess up throughout this thing. Oh my god, no worries. Um, how are you, Lauren? I'm good. I am okay. Yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing much, much better. Hi, Krishna. How are Hi, you? Lindsay. I'm good. Um, I, uh, I'm glad that you have your voice back. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. Like, it's still the teeniest bit funky, but I am definitely, <laughs> I'm glad too. Um, so we'll, we'll hang out for just a second. Uh, Amanda's getting up here and um, I'm actually going to let the song that would have been playing if I had unmuted myself play for just a minute so we can get a couple of people in here. Um, oh, hi, Amanda. She's up. Hi. Okay. Let's try this again. We'll wait for like mm, about a minute. <clears throat> Madness, heaven, sin Saw you there and I thought Oh my god, look at that face You look like my next mistake Love's a game, wanna fade No money, suit and tie I can read you like a magazine Ain't it funny, rumors fly And I know you heard about me So hey, let's be friends I'm dying to see how this one ends Okay, now that the theme song is over. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I hope everybody is good. I hope everybody is wonderful. Hi, Davida. Hi, Will. Welcome, welcome. Um, I just have to say I am super excited. Not only is this the finale of season one of Not Another Blank in Web 3, but we get to talk to Film 3 baddie, Lauren and I actually got to see some of her work and see her speak at the film three summit which was really really cool um and I know she just does a ton of stuff she and her, her partner Jill I'm not sure wife I'm not sure if you guys are married you guys <laughs> no, are just, we are uh, we are married yes yay I don't, honestly I don't know I love I love saying wife. I love saying husband. I and I totally get why people want to say partner. I do not actually. I love wife. I love being able to say it. Um, mostly just because 
there's a definitiveness to it. Like I can say, you know, my wife, Jill, and then there's no questions about stuff. Um, we're kind of like both straight passing um, feminine presenting. So in the past, when we would say things like girlfriend or whatever, people would get confused and they never seemed to know what we were talking about. And I love the word wife because I can be like, yep, here she is. Here's my wife. And there's no more questions about it. You need not, you know, go on some tangent um, with people being confused about what our relationship to one another is. So yes, I love wife. Oh, I love that so much. That is so sweet. I do remember when I was on my honeymoon with my husband. Um, I remember the first time I, I asked somebody to take a picture of us. I was like, will you take a picture of me and my husband? And you just get, I don't know, it's very exciting. So yeah. <laughs> how long have you been married? We have been married. It'll be seven years this March. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. We've been together for 14 years, y'all. It's crazy. I can't even... Can you believe it? But this is not about me. <laughs> okay. okay, I asked. I asked. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to have us just kind of launch in. Does anyone else want to say anything really quick? Krishna, Amanda, do you want to say anything before we head into our, our 21s? No, I think you started off great. Hi, Lauren. It's nice to meet you. Can't wait to talk tonight. Nice to meet you also. Yeah, nice to meet you, Lauren. Excited to hear uh, hear your answers to our questions. We've had such a wide variety of um, awesome responses and getting to know people. And what better way to get to know someone than our 21 questions? <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for being yeah. here. Of course. Thanks for having me. I mean, to be honest, uh, I mean, I, I'm such an indecisive, like, I have a tendency to ramble, I think, because I like you know, things are complicated. I'm not, I'm not really like a one, one word answer kind of person. So looking through all the questions in advance, I admit that I did struggle with some. So we'll see how I do. <laughs> well, there's no pressure. One week, we literally only got through like seven questions or something like that, because we were just talking so much about the individual questions. So, <laughs> so, um, it, there's no pressure. Ramble away. The whole point is to get to know you. And so whatever you want to say is what we want to know. Hi, Miriam. She's one of our Web3 besties. And I just want to say hi because she's amazing. Okay. So launching in. Lauren, what three words do you think others most use to describe you in Web3? Oh, man. This is so funny. Um I admit, I kind of cheated in some ways because I do have my wife, Jill, that I can ask things like that to. But that just also shows you how um, much of a perfectionist I can be, I think, because I wanted to make sure, like, I'm getting it right, even though, as you just noted, like, there's not right answers to these questions. They're literally just about me. So, um, but even still, like, the desire to try to get things right is uh, pervasive within me. But I think that um, I would use the words attentive. Um, and I say attentive because I do try to pay attention to the things that people are doing, um, especially in a Web3 space or Film3 in particular, um, in which I'm the most involved in that kind of corner of the universe. You know, everybody is up to stuff and it's really hard to keep tabs on everyone's project and, and how everyone is linked together or who's involved in what and um, those sorts of things. So I really I do do my best to try to pay attention, even if I'm not, you know, I didn't catch a tweet or I didn't make a space or something like that. I do try to listen to things after the fact, or I, um, 
I try to, you know, buy an NFT when I do remember to do it. And when someone's dropping something, um, you know, before I forget. So I think attentive is something that perhaps others would say about me. Um, I would also say intense. Um, yeah, that's just in life uh, more than just Web3. I think a lot of people would use that word to describe me. And um, busy. Um, yeah, I do tell or have people tell me all the time that they think I'm one of the busier people that they know. Um, although I would use busy to describe so many people who are involved in web three and film three. Um, it's hard not to be busy. Uh, so maybe that's a, a little low hanging fruit to say busy, but yes, I would say attentive, intense and busy. That's awesome. When you say intense, can you get a little bit more into that? I'm just curious what you, what, what, uh, what you think of when you think that. Um, I think that people who are intense, generally speaking, care a lot. Um, and I think that comes through or that might manifest in different ways. Um, so, I mean, I would use the word intense to describe a lot of different people. It doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, like a hardened, you know, personality or resting bitch face constantly or something like that. I just think that people who have a hard time um, hiding the fact that they care and are passionate about things are intense. That is, I think, the kind of definition of that word that I'm using. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I, I, that's another word that I think also describes a lot of people that I know or surround myself with. I love hearing people talk about the things that matter to them because that's how I feel like you really get to know people, right? Um, there's something that comes alive in a person's voice and a person's face when they are talking about something that you can tell just means so much to them, right? There's something that comes over them. There's something that changes within them. There's something that becomes a little bit more self, um, or a little less, I'm sorry, self-conscious or self-aware when someone is just like in completely engrossed and enmeshed and focused on trying to transmit in your direction, like how much this thing matters to them. And uh, that's my favorite version of individuals to interact with, right? Like I want to know about stuff that matters to people. Um, I'm really bad at small talk. Um, it's something I've been trying to work on for a long time just because, you know, necessarily you end up needing to be able to do that and converse with people and sort of start to get to know people or network or whatever at events. Um, and I'm just so bad at it because I just feel like that's not a, that's not the real person. That's not who they really are when they're just kind of, you know, throwing out um, sort of basic thoughts about what's happening in the world or weather or, you know, stuff that anyone could comment on. It's the things that you can just tell are like someone is reaching into the depths of their soul to throw some shit out at you. Um, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to hear people talk about. And I think I think that that kind of intensity comes across to other people um, when it comes to me, because again, I'm bad at small talk and um, I'm trying to become the kind of person who is less, uh, who doesn't feel as bad for talking about things that matter to her and like taking up too much space or time in a room or in a conversation. Um, 
because I realize how much I like it in other people. So I'm trying to teach myself that it's okay to be that way as well. I just have to go back. I love your definition of what intense is. I'm also described as intense, but I, I never really thought about the motivation. I think that's so spot on. Like, I'm intense because I care a lot about a lot of things. Um, yeah. It's a really constructive way of putting it. Yeah, it's actually, I think where it comes from actually is, so I had a, a voice teacher in college who, you know, you'd like get up in front of the class with your little monologue and then, you know, you would start to perform and then he'd stop you after like a word or a, send a line or something like that. And then, you know, you'd work on your, your, your vocal performance, whether that's breathing or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, when people used to get up and seem a little bit nervous or like they were scared to start, um, he would encourage people to just go ahead and say it. Like, just say it. You're nervous. That's fine. Right. And then he would just say, you're nervous because you care. You're nervous because this matters to you. And that's okay. And that's not something that you should be shy about stating or sharing. Right. And so I'm not an, a very good still at like make uh, incorporating that into like a, a daily practice where I feel still confident um, getting riled up and, and, and being emotional about things or um, I'm definitely concerned, I think, too much still um, with coming across as intense to other people. But that's where it comes from, though, and I think. And, and I love that interpretation of it because it's just like, yeah, I'm a little nervous because I care. I, I might seem a little riled up because I care. I might seem a little like I'm vibrating from within because I care. This matters to me. And that's so much better than being like a disaffected, apathetic kind of person, right? Like, I don't want to be around people like that. I'm not yelling. I'm caring loudly at you. Yes. <laughs> so with our 21 questions, other than our first question, we like to start right at the beginning. And I would love to know, how do you start your day? Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is maybe the question I'm most embarrassed about my answer too, because if I'm being honest, um, very slowly, that's how I start my days. I... I have been trying so hard for so many years to be an early riser and to get things done in, in the wee hours of the morning and to get enough sleep so that I pop out of bed feeling refreshed and, and all those things that you're told you're supposed to be able to do like as you get older. Um, and I just have not been able to, to get there. I, I am a night owl. Um, I don't know. I just can't help it. Like uh, all day yesterday, um, Jill and I kind of took it easy because we had just gotten back from Las Vegas and um, we'd been up really late on Tuesday night gambling because uh, that's what something we like to do. And we only got a couple hours, maybe two hours of sleep um, from Tuesday in into Wednesday. And then we ended up, um, you know, traveling uh, back from Las Vegas to LA and, um, so all day yesterday, I stayed awake for the most part. I didn't like nap or anything like that. And then even last night, I was exhausted. And even then, I still had a hard time getting to sleep or getting to bed. So I don't know. I wish that I were starting my days earlier and feeling more refreshed 
and well-rested. And I don't know, maybe it's something I'm, I'll be able to figure out uh, in 2023, but I have not so far in my life, my entire life. <laughs> Honestly, I think like, you know, people always put so much emphasis on like waking up early in the morning and that's where the highest productivity is. But I think it's more about what works for you, right? I know that's super cliche, but like some people are just more creative in the nighttime and that's when they get more done. And I think that's totally okay too. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe, maybe you can just embrace your night owlness in 2023 too. I mean, I um, wish, I don't know. That's a, I mean, it's such a good point, right? Cause sometimes I've told myself the same thing, like tried to convince myself that, it would be okay to like live in the alternate realm and schedule of, you know, doing most things at night. And, but I don't know, then why do I, I don't, why do I have this pull then to like, to do this early morning rising and to, to get a lot of stuff out of the way in the morning. Um, I think especially when it's getting dark so early too, like I do also love, you know, the sun and once it's dark at night, it's hard to, I don't know, like refocus your energy or re just be focused in general. So I don't know. Um, I agree that I've thought the same thing before. I'm just not sure. I mean, I don't have the answer, but um, I'm still trying to get up early. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> the exciting part is uh, you you still have time to figure it out. So there you go. You'll know one way or the other. <laughs> Real quick, Krishna, before you ask your question, I just want to say, Lauren, you're in good company. All of us are uh, not the best in the morning. We are all there have been so many people who come on here and they're like, I get up and I meditate. I get up and I read for 20 minutes and we're like, yeah, I get up and I eat a candy bar and I try my best <laughs> and we're just going and here we go. And um, the way I structure my day in particular is I end up going to sleep way too late and then I wake up way too early and then I have like a three hour nap in the middle of the day because I just work at home all the time. So if you've got hours of the day that you're able to work, oh, they're all hours. So just just work them okay Krishna go ahead baby <laughs> um Lauren what are you most excited about these days web3 or not um I am excited um honestly about a lot of the people um that I've met this year um both Jill my, my wife is actually doing the space and I have had um just a really interesting year of like re-engaging and feeling really social again and, and going to lots of events and um, just feeling like there's lots of possibilities and options and, and things that can happen. And especially after, you know, coming out of so long of being, you know, enmeshed in the pandemic and feeling afraid or, you know, um, like you needed to follow all the, all these rules and things like that. I mean, for good reason, um, you know, I, I am excited um, by just being reminded that there's so many more interesting people out there. There's so much left to learn out there. Um, you know, I think I'm best when I feel like there's just still things out there that can happen. And um, 
the second half of the year of the year in particular has really felt that way. We've just met so many awesome people um, and many of them, honestly, in Web3 and Film3. Um, part of what has been the most rewarding about uh, exploring and experimenting with and existing within Web3, um, specifically Film3 um, spaces, is a kind of difference in the attitudes of the people who are here and who populate these spaces. Um, for folks who are similarly or have been similarly disillusioned by sort of leg legacy Hollywood practices and, um, you know, how you're just edged out of things or you're not included or invited to participate or, you know, um, people are upholding old hierarchies um, of power or, um, you know, who's in and who's not and who gets to be here and who isn't allowed here. Um, there's so many cool people in Film 3 and Web 3 who are just not like that, right? They, they want to engage with you. People want to talk to you. People want to invite you in. People want to collaborate with you. Um, people are interested in what it is that you're working on. Uh, they want to see how they can support what you're working on and, and be involved. And that is just such a 180 from kind of the, the, what I've experienced in the last few years in terms of trying to uh, be a part of legacy Hollywood in many ways. And so that's, I know it's super kind of broad, it's not very specific, but just generally speaking, um, just feeling like, again, there are things that are possible still and are out there and, and things I don't know about that could still come my way is, is really exciting. Because I think we, we all can be in danger of getting into this sort of habitual thinking um, or feeling like, oh, I've, I've seen everything. I already know what's out there. Or you're shutting ideas down before you've even heard the whole thing because you feel like you've heard it before. And um, that's just not how I feel right now because um, I've gotten to experience and meet so many different new people um, who just have a different energy and are bringing a different energy into my life and uh, my life uh, with my wife, Jill. So That's amazing. Thanks, Lauren, for sharing that. And that's, a, that's so refreshing to hear, um, especially in Web3 after a lot of people have experienced everything that they have experienced this year. I think everybody that we've talked to the past eight um, spaces that we've done have kind of echoed um, how refreshing it is to come back and come together and meet new people and kind of explore the possibilities that lie ahead. Um, I'm going to divert Lindsay and Amanda. I'm so curious. Um, can you can you just open up a conversation, Lauren, about film three and what that entails and um, just just you know some interesting things because I'm so curious. I've never heard um, someone say film three until today, and like maybe that's my ignorance, but I'm I'm so curious. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, I would not normally nominate myself to be the person to to kind of give like an overview or summary. In fact, there's probably people in this space who'd be better at that. But um, I mean, Film Three is looking at the intersection of, of Web Three and Web Three blockchain technology and how it can impact um, filmmakers, um, creatives who are interested in, in making film. Um, film Three as an idea. Um, 
was sort of brought into the fold by people like a Jordan Bain, um, who also uh, spearheads the Film 3 Squad or NFT Film Squad. Um, it's basically a community of people who are filmmakers and actors and just basically any role you can imagine on a film set, there are individuals within this uh, Film 3 community who are invested in all of those aspects. Some people are more interested in um, you know, producing or um, other below-the-line positions on film sets and things like that. But uh, a lot of forward-thinking individuals who are trying to do a lot of things. Uh, think about creative ways to engage community, um, whether that's in um, like the creators and audience and, and engaging audiences, or uniting and creating community of uh, around creators themselves. Um, whether that's uh, writers' rooms and thinking about how to leverage technology um, in the creation of different projects, um, there's like women of mystery who are doing some really cool things in a with a writing writers' room uh, type vibe, but blockchain based. And um, uh, Film Frico has a coders' room, um, and they write together. And basically, it's still super new. Um, and I don't think anyone's cracked the code. Some people are, are financing films using NFTs, um, and that's kind of their, their way forward. Um, there's different platforms popping up uh, that are trying to look at film and film financing from a decentralized perspective, um, like decentralized pictures. Um, there are platforms like Beam that are trying to give creators more control over the content that they produce and create um, and have better returns when it comes to distribution. Um, so again, I, like I said before, would not necessarily nominate myself to give a, a summary or overview of this because I feel like I'm still um, an infant uh, sort of in this space. Um, but hopefully that gives like sort of a summary um, or a broader strokes look at the kind of things that people are, are trying to do when it comes to um, leveraging Web3 and blockchain technology um, in the creation of, of film projects. That's so uh, fascinating. Particular. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It almost reminds me of, um, you know, how there's, um, you know, music NFTs where artists will launch um, certain songs and then there's communities that can get buy-in. That would be, obviously, that's not how movies are funded and that's really not how movies work, but fans like that would be a really interesting way for fans to get involved and have ownership in film too i mean yeah that's the idea um what makes it i think more complicated um than music three uh or you know musicians um financing music projects or engaging with fans or creating community around uh using web three in, in that space in the music space is that films and filmmaking is just necessarily the kind of process that involves typically a lot more people. Um, I don't want to minimize the creation of music and try to say that that is something simple because it isn't necessarily, right? Lots of songs have many producers or people who are mixing and mastering or many different uh, musicians playing instruments or, or what have you. But in theory, uh, a musician could produce and record and release all of their own music themselves, um, even in web two uh, uh, ways, I've done it. <laughs> Um, but film, like, there's really no way to make a good film without people. Um, and when I say people, I basically just mean more than one person. 
Um, again, it's not impossible. Uh, and I guess you could just film yours. I mean, people do that, right? Like uh, influencers and, and that sort of thing. But when it comes to like movies, like cinema, <laughs> it'll be a lot harder um, to uh, to do that without without more people involved. And I think that's sort of the complication, but also the exciting part about film three is trying to think about how to involve all of the people that it takes to create a good film um, and, and leverage Web3 in, in the process of doing that. That's so cool. I never thought about it that way. Thanks for explaining. I have a lot to think about. Yeah. I mean, again, there's lots of people I see in this room I know who are involved in all sorts of different Film3 projects, um, like Ruby and Karen and, and Will. And there's just a ton of people in, in this room even. Um, but yeah, if you um, follow any of these folks or uh, search for Film3 hashtag um, or follow like Film3 squad or things like that, um, that's a great place to start just to try to start understanding the landscape of what is out there and what people are trying to do. Um, there's like new pop projects and different ideas about how to go about this popping up all the time. Um, yeah, it's super fa fascinating. I was actually going to bring that up that actually 99% of everybody in here is a, is a film three um, person in some way or another. Um, Karen in particular is, total sweetheart i just have to give her a shout out because she just supports 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 everybody and um a lot of people in here do that i'm not trying to you know like pick one person in particular because all of you are amazing but i think we all know that karen just just has unending support she's just all all love um but thank you lauren for like really getting into that i think that's going to be really helpful for people listening who don't know about uh, <clears throat> excuse me who don't know about film three um i'm gonna drag us back on track although i was very happy to take that little detour um what is your first nft or your favorite nft lauren yeah, I'll talk about my first NFT. Um, my first NFT um, was a custom, like, GIF, a digital art piece that my best friend made. Um, my best friend's name is Jack. Um, we went to undergrad at Brown together, um, and we were roommates there for a year and a half. And then um, he was a year below me, um, and so eventually, I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated, um, and then... He graduated later and then came out to Los Angeles. And then we were roommates um, here in L.A. Um, also for like some additional time. And I just feel like I owe so much of my creative process and practice and also confidence to teach myself things um, due to the influence um, from Jack. Also, a lot of my crypto knowledge and interest originated with him as well. Um, so he sent me... Uh, my first ever NFT, like I had just set up a MetaMask wallet. And um, in fact, that was part of the reason that I finally got around to doing that in the first place. Um, I don't remember. It was sometime mid last year. Um, you know, sometimes you just need a reason, right, to like make a wallet. And he was going to send me an NFT. So that's why I set it up. Um, and he'd been experimenting with digital art, like since the aughts. <laughs> Um, and in undergrad, he actually created a series of art pieces that were sort of a take on um, or a parody of Andy Warhol pop art um, and something that Jack then liked to do as sort of like a, 
even more meta extension of something that Andy Warhol would have done, like put himself in his artwork. Um, Jack subbed out Andy Warhol for his own face and put like quotes of his own in there. Um, and so, yeah, that was uh, my first ever NFT. And again, I credit uh, the knowledge that I would be sent that NFT with uh, my decision to create my first ever um, MetaMask wallet. Um, and so that was a, an important step for me to take. And um, also, again, I owe so much of my interest in crypto and knowledge of it uh, to Jack in the first place. So, um, yeah, shout out to him. He's not on any social media, so he'll never engage with any of this stuff. But um, I love him so much that I will still uh, tout him here. Well, this will go up on Spotify by next week. So you can send him the Spotify link. <laughs> Oh, true. Yeah, he may or may not listen to it. I don't know. He's very particular about the media he consumes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. He's a fascinating human being. But yes, maybe he will. Um, <laughs> um, I'll try. I'll try. I love shouting out people that will never hear it. I always think that's funny. Um, what is your guilty Web3 pleasure? This is so hard um, because there's so much about Web3, like, I don't really feel guilty about. I I will say that if I feel guilty about anything, it's like the tendency that I have to really deep dive projects. Um, that's also the reason that I hear about or learn about things in, so slowly, I think, or come to things so late is because... I really want to understand like what I'm looking at and how it all functions and, and all of that. And I usually won't look at things until I really feel like I have the time um, to invest in educating myself about whatever that project is, or, you know, if it's a layer one protocol or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, and so um, something that I have done in the last, I guess, six months or so of this year um, there's a platform called uh, Decentralized Pictures um, that is looking at uh, basically um, uh, decentralized mechanisms for financing film projects. Um, so you can put film projects up for specific types of grants and awards and funding um, through their platform. And then um, any user um, can vote on and you know, stake film credits and things like on your projects. And I have invested so much time in figuring out how the platform worked and sort of the um, how its algorithms function um, that I think I'm, yeah, I'm definitely somebody who's on there probably more than most. Um, like there's this daily film quiz you can take and I take it almost every day. So I guess that would be the thing that I feel a little guilty about um, is just the amount of time to which I've devoted to exploring that. That's amazing. We've had um, such a variety of responses and some have been like genuine interests where people, and it's not. And then we've also had, um, we've also had people. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you cut out for a second, but you're back. Okay, just a heads up. I'm actually in a car going to a meeting that's supposed to start in 25 minutes for me. And so if I lose connection, I apologize. Um, but anyways, I'll move on to the next question. 
Um, what have you been focused on lately? Um, the thing that is consuming most of my time um, currently, um, we're in post-production um, on a feature film um, called Under the Influencer. Um, we shot 12 days of principal photography in June of this year. And then just uh, last month, um, just over a month ago, we shot two additional days, um, so pickup days. Um, and we shot um, one small scene uh, during that time as well. Um, and I am editing the film. Um, I am also an EP on the film, and I act in the film uh, and have a story by credit on the film. Um, so it's one of those things I care about a lot to call back to earlier uh, in this space. And um, yeah, I mean, just out of necessity that it's hard not to focus on that um, when you have to be so involved um, in that whole process of editing um, and really getting down into the minutiae of what the film is, what we've shot, what it can be, um, you know, uh, just assembling scenes um, and then going through takes and um, assessing performances and trying to think through character arcs and all of that uh, kind of thing. Um, so that is definitely, um, yeah, what has consumed uh, the majority of my attention um, of late. That is awesome, and I actually am gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take us off track again, uh, like Krishna did. You have so many hats in the film three world. You're an actor. You're a director. You edit. Is there, like, anything you don't do? Or, like, I guess, could you just give us a super fast, like, all of the li the hats that you wear? Give us all the hats in your closet. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. I I mean, I moved to Los Angeles to act, to, to be an actor. Um, that was the goal. It's been what I've wanted to do. Um since I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead because there was a question about what I wanted to do when I grew up when I was 12, and that was definitely be an actor. Um, still what I want to do, um, it's still how the first word I would use to describe myself. Um, but what happens when you're pursuing acting or basically anything creative in, in Hollywood is, you know, if, if you're not fortunate enough to like book some huge show or something like that and to be put on a path or trajectory um, to kind of move into an A-list kind of career space or be on that sort of track, then you have, have a lot of time and you have, um, have to think critically about how you might still be able to realize uh, the, the dreams that you have and create opportunities for yourself. Um, no one honestly knows that better than my wife, uh, Jill, because that's a lot of the inspiration that I have taken. Um, I've taken uh, her lead uh, in many ways when it comes to trying to create opportunities for myself to perform. Um, you know, because when you're an actor, especially if you're off type or you don't immediately slot into uh, the industry's idea of what kind of roles you should be playing or what kind of roles are out there or you know, it's hard for people to, to figure out where you should be or what kind of uh, characters you should be playing. You have to show them. You have to say, 
like, this is who I am. I know you've never seen anyone like me before, or you don't know what to do with my energy, or you don't know what race or ethnicity I am. So I'm going to have to show you where I belong, or where I fit, or I have off energy because I'm gay and I'm not like flirting with all the, the male writers or directors or whatever who are in this audition or what have you. So you have to find a way uh, to create opportunities for yourself either to perform um, or in my case, I've always been interested in just about any aspect of filmmaking. Um, I love learning things, period. So a huge part of my mm, education in Los Angeles has just been like, how are our films made? And the whole thing is fascinating to me. Um, there's never been a job on set that's too small for me. I've PA'd things. Um, I've created music for, for film. I, um, I've written things. I've basically self-taught when it comes to editing um, because I needed to have reels uh, as an actor and I didn't have the funds to, to pay someone to do that for myself. So I just, I learned how to do it uh, myself and then realized it's something I really liked. Um, and so I've con continued to, to pursue that. Um, similarly, I, I've directed some things in the past, um, but right before the pandemic hit, um, I created like a, a short film and ended up winning uh, uh, an award through a film festival that provided me the opportunity to direct a commercial uh, for Hyundai. And then I, at that time, was like, oh, maybe that's the path I'm supposed to be on, is like just directing. And um, I kind of go in whatever door happens to open for me um, at that time. Um, and so, you know, um, again, I want the most comprehensive sort of film education uh, that I can have. The technical elements are interesting to me um, because they tickle my, my nerd inclinations. Um, and then you know, the, the more woo-woo artistic, like, you know, actors pretending to be zoo animals and like rolling around on the ground is also um, of interest to me. And now I've lost complete uh, track of where I am uh, in terms of answering your question. That's okay. This was the best answer. I'm sitting here giggling like this is amazing. And it is so, um, it just gives a lot of insight into you and your personality. And, and you're just a very beautiful person. I just have to say that because <laughs> there's a lot of people that are um, that look at themselves as actors and that they look at themselves as too good for X, Y, Z. And I just absolutely adore that you are not in that camp and that you are just so passionate about everything that you're passionate about. So actually this kind of goes well into the next little question, which is what is the best, <clears throat> oh, sorry. What is the best or, or most recent compliment that you've received? Oh, gee, well, first, thank you for saying I'm a beautiful person. Um, I'm trying to get better at like receiving compliments um, on on the topic of, of compliments. So um, thank you. That was very nice to hear and nice of you to say. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when I read this question, and I kept trying to think of another answer, but I don't think that I have to listen to the, the fact that this keeps like popping up in my mind um, when I think about this question. <laughs> I have uh, an aunt, my mom's sister, my mom's youngest sister, my aunt Patty, who she's one of those people that I always have felt like when I look at her and she is making eye contact with me, she just, she gets 
me. She sees like there's stuff going on with me on a deeper level. Um, it's so hard to artic- for me to articulate um, and to, to put into words, but she said to me once, um, uh, my mom's side of the family called me uh, Lala growing up. So she just said, um, Lala, like you can really see, like you really see things. Um, and what she meant by that is that um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying uh, to answer that first question in terms of being an int- attentive human. Um, I've always interpreted her saying that as, as being indicative of um, just the way that I pay attention to things um, or think deeply about uh, ideas, um, but also people. Um, I'm really not in group settings, like uh, loud. Um, I t- typically don't speak like a ton um, in, in larger group settings. I definitely prefer sort of smaller groups because I like to listen and I like to watch people. Um, and I like to learn things about people based on both what they say, but also how they say the things uh, that they say. And um, yeah, I've always felt like that was an interesting way to be described as a human being. Um, and I really appreciated her saying that about me, um, that I'm just someone who sees, like really sees. And not, I mean, I, I mean, I guess the best way to put it, it's kind of like that avatar, you know, uh, I see you thing that's in that film or whatever. I don't know um, if it's in the new one. I haven't seen that yet. But um, as lame as it is that that kind of a concept was like co-opted and put in that movie, I think it's a legitimate one. That idea that like you can look at somebody um, or you can look into them and, and really see them um, kind of for who they are and on a deeper, deeper level. Um, and I like to think about myself as being that kind of person or at least aspiring to be that kind of person. I love that. I want to follow up with our next question on something you said before that I thought was really interesting. Your answer about basically kind of showing people where you belong and making your own own lane. That's a pretty, pretty bold approach. And I can't imagine in the Hollywood industry that that's a necessarily easy thing to do, putting yourself out there. What inspires you to make your own path? Um, <laughs> honestly, um, my wife, Jill, does that a lot. Um, as noted, she was sort of a pioneer in terms of doing um, that sort of thing and making her own work and making work for her own community. Um, And then um, she is also somebody who has really incredibly strong opinions uh, about stuff, but is not afraid to share them um, regardless of how that makes people feel about her um, or if, if people don't like her or whatever. And I honestly... I, I, in my deepest, at the deepest level of my soul, I wish I were more like that. Um, and it's something that I definitely aspire to be more like, um, and, and hope over time as I get older and experience more things I can do more of. Um, I think it's good to have a balance 
obviously you shouldn't like care too little about what people think about you or about, um, you know, how you're being perceived in the world. I think that we should care about that sort of thing to some degree and some, uh, to some extent, like I never want, if I can help it to hurt another person, you know, like I just can't help but feel bad, but I also probably spend too much time thinking about how other people are, are feeling <laughs> about stuff. Um, so much that it can impede my um, efficacy in the world. Uh, and so that is something that I have to do better uh, when it comes to balancing. But yes, I would definitely say um, my wife, Jill, is someone who inspires me to do that. Um, because yeah, I, I wish I were more like that. And I wish, um, I have super strong opinions too. And you should hear me like getting really loud and like screaming, you know, to the, to the heavens about the things that I think at home, like when Jill is listening, but I don't really do that in public settings as much as I wish I were uh, brave enough to do. That's really beautiful. And to have that support is really awesome too. Um, our next question is what are three things that you can't live without web three or not? Okay. Number one, um, I don't know if this is one of three or whatever. I just, this first thing that came to my mind, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's tacos. Um, yeah, it's just tacos. I would eat tacos at any moment of any day. Um, most of the cooking, thank God done in our household is done by my wife, Jill. She's a very good cook, um, just better than me. So it just makes more sense, uh, sometimes for her to make uh, more of our meals. I, I also take a long time. Uh, to do stuff. And so she gets a little impatient waiting like three hours while I make pasta. So um, she cooks uh, more than I do definitely in our household. And she has been generous and gracious enough to sometimes make tacos like two or three times a week, um, if that's what it comes to. And I don't know, there's just something about them that make me very happy. And so yeah, I don't think I could live without them. Um, number two, um, my uh, cats, I love them. I think especially during the pandemic, like having these other beings at home. Um, I didn't grow up um, with animals in the house. It's just not something I always wanted a dog. And, you know, then my parents kind of convinced me that it wasn't a good idea because I was never at home. And um, they were probably right. But um, I think it's important to have something to take care of um, that's outside of yourself because it takes the um, attention away from your needs and what you are thinking and feeling, um, especially when you're in a darker place or having um, a difficult time. Having something to distract you that um, is so pure and just it, it, that needs you. It's important for any human to have another being that needs them. Um, because again, that can take you just out of your own self. Um, and so, yeah, tacos, cats, and, um, uh, the last thing I would say, um, <laughs> I wish I had a different answer, but this is the only thing that keeps coming to my mind. So I'm just going to say it. Um, Titanic. Yeah, it's weird, but um, Titanic's my favorite movie. I'm not ashamed of that. It was the 25th anniversary of the movie being released um, just 10 days ago. And I think what Titanic represents for me, actually, is 
that same concept we were talking about before, when you're not afraid to share those things that really matter to you and mean something to you. I love that movie. And that is one of those things I've never been ashamed of in my life. And that's how I know how much I care about it. And it reminds me to, to be that passionate and share that passion all the time um, about other things. Um, and so I think that's what Titanic represents for me. Um, it was this inexplicable thing when I was eight years old on Christmas Day watching that movie in the theater. It just impacted me like nothing had ever impacted me before. And that's how I knew that that's what I wanted to do was just make people feel the way that I felt in that theater watching that movie. So, you know, forget what it's about. Forget all those things, um, all whatever associations or feelings or whatever people have about it. What's important is that I knew instantaneously that having these feelings stirred up inside of me by this movie was, was incredible, this indescribable sensation and that whatever I did in my life, I wanted to be able to do the same thing for other people. And um, that's what I've held on to um, all these years later um, for 25 years. That's what inspired me to want to be involved in film, to act um, all of that stuff. I think that's where a lot of my ethos when it comes to being a creative person comes from. And by that, I just mean, I don't care about making work, um, making art for art's sake. That's never been interesting to me. I want art that can, you know, heal heartbreak or, um, change someone's mind or make someone feel something or, um, inspire them to act in, in some capacity, um, in the world or, or to, to fight for something. And, yeah, um, I think that all came from Titanic. So, there. That is probably the most relatable list of things that we've gotten thus far. When you said tacos, I'm like, oh, girl, yeah. And when you said cats, I'm like, oh, yes, 100%. Titanic uh, is not my favorite movie, but I, you know, movies in general, yes. So, I just think that that's beautiful. And then um, that just just I don't know that was really great uh Krishna I did get your message uh Krishna's gonna head off right at uh the hour um Lauren I want to ask you really quick do you have anything that you need to get to can we go over by a couple of minutes yeah um yeah no I'm 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 just chilling at home today um so yeah no I I have time awesome Awesome. And then we won't go too far. We won't take up too much of your time, but I would love to continue this a little bit. Um, I mean, it's really so, my fault, right? Because every time I answer a question, it goes a long time. Like, you know, so yeah, it's, I did it myself. <laughs> I mean, again, this is the thing that I love about this show that we did not expect to happen is the organic um, conversation that happens and really getting to know somebody and, and I think that makes it even better and so I end up actually feeling a little bit bad because we do give you guys the questions in and in, in advance on purpose so that you're not put on the spot or you you're not sure what to say but then we're like oh well side question what about this and it's like oh well I'm so sorry we didn't tell you that we were going to ask that <laughs> But um, but thank you for being here and thank you for, for giving your all to all of these questions. And, and we really, really just appreciate it. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Um, I don't know if it, it is like 
advice proper. It's more of a, an adage um, because I know other people have heard similar things in the past, but um, I hold on to um, something that my dance mentor um, told me in 2010 um, in college. And she would always tell me, um, what is for you will not go by you. And I know there's many iterations of a similar sort of saying that exists out in the world. And I'm sure other people have heard um, something like that before, but it's honestly gotten me through uh, a lot of more difficult moments um, because I do, I do really believe it. I really, really do. Um, there have been so many instances in my life that, um, in which that sort of uh, concept has been proven um, time and time again. Um, even though I do get frustrated sometimes because sometimes I'm like, okay, well that wasn't for me and that wasn't for me and that wasn't for me. So like, what the fuck is for me? <laughs> um, you know, where is it then? Like the thing that's like not going to go by me. I just, you know, is when's it coming? Um, so, um, but I do at my core, I really do believe that. And I believe that that is true for everyone. Um, a really good example, I think, of that. I, I have compared trying to be an actor and have an acting career in the past to, like, falling in love, um, right? And so for me, um, as a extremely monogamous person, um, I – this is also kind of a, a joke between uh, my wife, Jill, and I, but at 23 years old, I – 100% fully gave up on love, like truly in my soul. I like thought it was never going to happen for me, that I thought no way, like all the things I'd experienced just were pointing to something else. And I accepted this reality. Um, and then the next month after I had all these, you know, revelatory uh, thoughts and experiences um, is when I met Jill. And now I, we've been together for, it'll be 10 years in April. We've been married for six. And that, for me, I've always sort of, um, you know, run this little comparison um, with, again, trying to be an actor because it's very similar. It's like you might be incredible and an amazing human or amazingly talented, but finding like a right role for you is going to still take a lot of time. And, you know, you, you can be perfect, but not right. Right. And that, that is as an actor that's in love. Um, you know, in relationship to, to finding your human um, or humans, but in my case, it's human. Um, and so all that just to say, like, I do believe that like Jill was meant to find me and I was meant to find her. And so that's what happened. I just, I, for whatever reason, I got to do that when I was 24. And I know some people have not been that lucky, um, but for me, that was the case. And I do believe that that is true for the other things um, that I want to pursue in my life and the other goals um, that I have and the other things that I want to pursue. I, it's very frustrating sometimes, again, when you're like, okay, that's fine. That was not for me. I was not meant to get that. That was not supposed to be the thing that, that launched me to the next level, the next stage of my career. Um, you know, but where is it, that thing that is supposed to come along and be for me? Um, but I do believe that it is out there and, and coming and will will not go by me when when it when the time comes that's crazy that at 23 you decided that love wasn't for you I, I wonder oh that, yeah looking back uh do you have a different maybe opinion of where you were at 23 your opinions on that 
No, I mean, honestly, if, if nothing else, the fact that I truly in my heart of hearts gave up and had accepted that meant that I was no longer operating from this position of needing something like from other people or like seeking, um, you know, that kind of desperation that comes when you're looking outward for this thing that you need to fill whatever it is you lack um, personally. Um, I think that's not a great position to be operating from um, just sort of generally in life. And I think that because I had given up and was really no longer looking in that same way, that's why I was open to someone coming along and entering my life that I may not have seen um, otherwise. Um, and so I, I do think that that will be true ultimately for, you know, the next stages of my career and, and all of that um, is that sometimes you know, hitting that sort of place when you don't believe um, that something's going to happen is exactly when the thing will happen because you're not like, again, that desperation isn't coming out of you, that like seeking and that need and, um, you know, you just, you're like standing on something more solid than that. And then your eyes can be opened to, to something that maybe you didn't expect to come along in the first place. Was there ever a time that you almost gave up career-wise? You've mentioned sort of a lot of not getting the roles and, and it being difficult. Have you just always known this is what you're going to do no matter what? Or um, Yes, but it doesn't mean that I haven't like threatened to quit and be done, uh, I don't know, dozens of times. <laughs> um, for me, it's more like I... I just want to be, I want to contribute to the world in, in whatever way makes the most sense for me. Like, however, I can be the most useful and valuable based on what I do best. And I have truly, like, kind of broken down sometimes and, and even prayed, even though I'm not particularly religious, like, to kind of be shown or guided like, where am I supposed to go then? What am I supposed to do if this is not for me? It goes back to that advice, like sort of um, saying to the what is for you would not go by you. It's like, you know, I've asked like sort of the universe, I guess, if, if these things are not what I'm meant to do or if I'm not supposed to pursue this here, like I would, can't you just kind of show me or guide me in the direction of the thing that, that I am supposed to do that will actually make me feel fulfilled or like at least the things that I have to offer, I'm able to, to give, um, to the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've thought about, <laughs> that's a thing. It's funny. Cause you know, I say the story about me like giving up on love. I truly did in that moment. Like I, I was done. I thought it was never going to happen. And I have said that to myself about acting and pursuing an acting career many, many, many times, um, but always in the back of my mind that I, I know that that's not true, that I'm not actually prepared <laughs> to do that, um, to give it up. Um, so I don't know, like if I actually have to get to some horrible point and truly give up for like some amazing thing to happen in my career. But um, for whatever reason, I have not hit that moment yet. Um, yeah, there have been all sorts of times when I don't get roles or, you know, you get strung along and you audition for th things three times um, or whatever. And 
um, you know, when you just wonder, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing or not? Um, the answer always ends up being like, yes, at the end of the day. And then I just keep going. But, um, yeah, many, many, many times, um, I've thought, "Mm, should I stop? (laughs) I totally get that. And I think your question, your answer for both of those is actually like really on point. Um, as far as like, if you, if you give up and you're not looking for it and you're not being desperate and you're not whatever, it will more likely come to you. Um, and I totally get it. There's been a lot of times where you just kind of go, I'm done. I give up. You know what? I'm done. But then like, like my husband will do that. He'll be like, are you, are you sure you want to give up? I'm like, well, I'm not actually giving up, babe. <laughs> I'm just done. <laughs> um, so let's let's sort of wrap this up. I'm just going to ask one more question and I'm going to cherry pick one that I really want to know. Um, what, wait, what was the one I was going to ask? Let's, let's ask the last one instead. What do you hope that people take away from this interview about who you are? Oh man. Uh, I, I, that was one I actually did not like type out any like thoughts or notes about because I wasn't sure. Um, I, I think I, I like people to know how hard or difficult a time I have, I think connecting with people when I feel like they don't know like core essential things about me. Um, and that's why I mentioned before, I think I'm really bad at, at networking um, and sort of small talk and that kind of thing is because usually you're doing that sort of stuff and having those conversations with people that don't know you as well. And um, it's hard for me, I think, to connect with people about smaller things when I feel like they don't know the big things. Um, those essential things, like what I was talking about at the very beginning, like those things that really matter to me, the ideas and the projects and that kind of stuff. And it is really hard for me to find a way in to connecting with people in a very real way when I feel like we haven't gotten all those like deeper conversations out of the way, which is backwards, right? Because you're not usually not diving into that stuff the first time that you meet someone. Um, I think maybe the key thing is like, if you ever meet me in person, um, especially if my wife is present because she talks so much more than I do. Um, (laughs) I might not speak as much or say things. It's usually just because I'm listening. Um, but I have a deep and sincere desire to be known. Um, I don't offer that much information, like unless asked, um, something I'm trying to work on, but I do in my core and soul want people to know me and to know, who I am um, in a sort of an essential kind of way, um, a soul-based kind of way, if you will. Um, so yeah, I would say that. That's what I hope people take away because um, some folks in this room I have met in person before, some I have not. Um, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to meet me, know that that's probably what's going on like behind my eyes. <laughs> it's like, oh, how do I make this person understand all the things that I care about and whatever in the 30 seconds that we have to connect right now? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that is the answer. 
I'm so glad that we brought you on because this is kind of exactly what what that is, right? We're getting to know you on a deeper level, even though, like, I mean, uh, Amanda and Krishna had never even met you, and now they know all of these wonderful things about you. So I'm, I'm very thankful to hear that and to be a little bit part of that in your life. I think that's very cool. And I, I did not know that when I asked you to be part of this. And um, yeah, that just fills me with absolute joy. So thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us. Um, thank you for being willing to go over a little bit with us. Thank you, Jill, for hanging out with us and for supporting your wife on so many amazing ways. Uh, go ahead, Lauren, you want to say something? Oh, just thank you. Thank you so much. I I really like this kind of conversation um, that is kind of guided or led by questions because of everything I just said, I think it gets to the core um, of a person and uh, sort of the, the real um, substance of who a person is uh, in a way that is just, you know, can just be faster, you know, even just have questions as a guide. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me and affording me um, the space and even being interested uh, in listening <laughs> to the answers. Of course. And I suspect you are unaware of how interesting that you are. Um, just so you know, and I, I totally get the compliment thing. I'm also very bad at giving compliments, but I am very aggressive in giving compliments. And I do think that you have a lot to offer the world. And again, I'm very thankful that you came on with us. So thank you so much. Thank you, everybody who's here. Almost everybody stayed for the whole hour and 10. And I, I appreciate you all. Um, this is our final episode of season one. Yay! Season one was so amazing. And like Lauren said, we got to know people so much more um, deeply than we would ever have known them by getting just chatting, whatever. And um, so we're, we're really thankful and surprised that this was so successful. We will be having a season two. It starts January 19th, and so far we have some really amazing guests lined up. Just like Lauren, we have amazing people who are doing really good things in the world. Um, so, yeah, Amanda, do you want to say anything else before we wrap up? Yes, thank you, Lauren, so much for being here and for being so open and honest. I love what we've been doing with this show because... I'm completely invested in you now. You're amazing. I can't wait to see what you do. I can't wait to see you succeed. Like I'm in your corner rooting for you because you're amazing. And I never would have known that had it not been for tonight. So thank you so much for letting us get to know you. I'm, I'm so thankful. Oh, gee, thank you. Yeah, I, I think I'm blushing. I'm not sure. I don't have a mirror present, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for saying that. Of course, of course. So thank you all and thank you all for being a part of our Not Another Blank in Web3. We're so thankful to be able to give diverse people a platform without focusing on diversity and just focusing on them as people. So I hope everybody has a wonderful night and um, we'll see you all around the Web3 space. Thank you so much. Have a great one.